I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One of the things I didn't have to worry about when I made the move to Lummi Island was dating. My partner Charlie was on board from the start. I haven't been single in a small town, but today we'll talk to two people who are and how dating outside a big city isn't really simpler. The pool is smaller, which means you can't just swipe left for eternity. And in a small town, it won't be an eternity. Bumble or Hinge or whatever app you use will let you know that you've swiped through every available singleton. At least that's what my producer Joanna told me. I'll let her tell her story. So a few years ago, I went to a small town in Iowa for a wedding. And I was just kind of like curious when I went to the town, what the situation was like for people living there who were single. And so I opened Bumble and I swiped through some people that I already knew that were at the wedding and were not from Iowa. And then I just got to a page I'd never seen before, which told me there was no more available people. (laughs) Wait, so like you opened up the app And the people that immediately showed up were, like, the other people at the wedding that were... (laughs) Yes, it was just, like, all the single people from the wedding. It was, like, you know, someone adjacent to the family, like a family friend. Mm -hmm. You're like, I see that guy. I know that guy. Exactly. And that was the thing, too, about when I went to this wedding that just made me think a lot about small-town dating was... Everywhere you went, people were like, oh, are you here for the wedding? Like, everyone knew them. And so I was like, I can't, like, imagine dating here, too, because, like, if I broke up with someone, the barista would probably be like, I heard, you know? Like, I was just like... (laughs) It's very much like, oh, we're back in, like, a very small college pool and everyone knows your business, for sure. But I think that, like... The fact that there aren't even that many people who would show up, like, within your parameters, right? Like, you just, like, swipe through and then you get to the page that you've never seen before where there's just, it's like, you, there are no more men. None. You're done. Yeah, yeah. You're like, no, I've done online dating. There's literally no more. (laughs) What I like about Joanna's story is that it hits on several aspects of small town dating all at once. Like, A, there's a small pool, like we discussed. And then B, you might know the person already or have seen them at the gym or dated their sibling or had their mom as your math teacher. 
Joanna didn't end up going on a date, but imagine living in a small town and actually meeting people in person. If the date goes well, awesome. If it doesn't, well, you're going to see them everywhere. Like you go to the grocery store, you're probably going to see them. Event, they are probably there. The chance of running into someone that you've been in an awkward situation with is just very high. But in some ways, I really like that. It's like when you were in college and you ran into your crush at breakfast, and then again, walking across the quad, and then again at the library, and well, eventually you just get used to that awkwardness. It's part of the charm. This is Townsizing, a podcast from HGTV all about small town living. And I'm your host, Anne Helen Peterson. Sometimes dating isn't the top priority for single folks moving. It's just part of the overall community building that they want to do. But sometimes it is. Sometimes having a partner is part of that small town fantasy of finding the same sort of ending as one of those small town Hallmark movies. In this week's episode, we get into the nitty gritty of small town dating. What are the lengths you're willing to go to find your person? Like emotionally, but also how far are you willing to go in a car? (laughs) And what's it like embarking on this solo adventure? We're going to hear from two women with two totally different experiences. First up is Ruth Michaels. She's a white, single, 52-year-old woman living in a town of roughly 4,000 in Michigan. She's a divorced mom of five, three of her own kids and two stepkids. But they're out of the house. It's just her and her Doberman, Penelope. She loves her home. It's just a short walk from the lake. But she's definitely on the lookout for a companion. Here's our chat. So your daughter is the person who reached out to me because I posted on Twitter, like, for a future episode of the podcast, I'm looking for a single person who is specifically worried about finding a partner or finding friends when they move to a small town because the dating pool limitations are very real and often under-discussed. So why do you think that Grace nominated you? (laughs) My lovely daughter. So when we got divorced, my husband married, like, right away. And so she has seen me date a couple different men. And I mean, she's 23. I don't share everything with them, but yeah. part of it is they think I'm too picky. Like, <laughs> well, you live in a small town, like dental yeah. care isn't a priority for a lot of people here. Like yeah. just not. Right. Or and, accessible. Right. Right. So <laughs> my dating life, my list was teeth, yeah, a job. hmm And I wanted them to be taller. And then from there went like no smoking and like, you know, there was a list from there. But those were my three, a job, tall and teeth. That's not even, uh, that shouldn't be a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It shouldn't be that hard. Absolutely. And I mean, I went so far as a few years ago, I was literally looking to move like to a big I was going to go down to Grand Rapids, but then I found this job that I love. I found this cute little house that I renovated. And yeah. like now I'm super happy where I am, Yeah, except for I would love somebody to share it with. And it's not so much that I'm desperate for somebody. I yeah. just want somebody. You listen to all these songs about like, oh, love. And like, I just want that. You know? <laughs> well, and it's like another really good friend too, you know? Like, right. Like yeah. to share it, like to do things with. That's, I think that's part of what's sometimes lost in the conversation about companionship is it's a companion. Like it's someone to hang out with and like, you know, do a puzzle with, but also like to love. And so my parents, my dad also 
was a doctor and my parents got divorced. And one of my mom's struggles dating in our small town in Idaho was that like everyone just like knew the story, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is that <Yeah>. a struggle? <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because because he's a doctor, everybody <laughs> knows him. Uh-huh. And then afterwards, like I think he's a great doctor and he had a great mm-hmm. bedside manner and all of that. But because everybody knew we were going through divorce and stuff, all these stories, how everybody disliked him. And and it's like, you don't want to hear that either. People yeah. just know your business. <laughs> oh, so much. Yeah. Here, if you don't see somebody you know, you know you're in the summer season, you know, where all these vacationers are. You go and everyone you know, and you know them, everyone. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm at the point now where I think I would know where, like most cars on the island. Like you're like, oh yeah. Like even if you don't necessarily know that person, you're like, oh, there's the orange truck. You know, right. like that's just like, here we go. So I mean, there might be listeners in your larger like bubble of dating area. So like, what's your dating profile? What do you say that you are looking for yourself? Besides, I mean, you have your disqualifiers, but like, what is it that you are? <laughs> what I want? Yeah, I yeah. want somebody funny who wants to go like to the movies, to a play. I drink wine. I go out with my friends. I have a good group of girlfriends. And whenever we all get together, it's always all four, five of them with their husbands and then me. I want to bring my significant other to the group. Yeah, And I have two really close friends that I come over here to dinner a lot and we play board games and it just would be nice to share that friendship with. And, you know, yeah, yeah, those are, those are, there should be automatic detractors. So, okay. In your dating profile, like what's your current mileage? Like how far away can you go right now? I do 20 miles in hopes, yeah. but it's always 200 or something like that. I mean, I get people from four hours away. Yeah. And then I agree to meet them halfway. Like uh-huh. I'll meet you, and they always say because I always ask, always, what do you think about the distance? Yep. And then they always say, well, if there's a connection, it's okay. And you go on a date, and it's great, and they think it's great, but they must get tired on the way home or something <laughs> because, <laughs> because they'll, yeah, it's too far of a drive or whatever. So did you have like I? I feel like I heard that you had like a really good connection with someone, and then they they decided that it was too. Oh far. my god. Twice, twice. I had one guy that lived about three hours away. And that's the problem with me too, is I fall too fast. Yeah. Like I get so excited and like I'm pretty impulsive, maybe. Mm-hmm. I just I get so excited, which is something I'm working on. But so I met this guy and it was amazing. Amazing. We he took a picture of us, like our first date, like oh, this is going to be our first date picture. About three days later, it just started dwindling the texting. And then I got a text saying, you know, it's just too far. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So then I met a guy that he moved here from Washington, D.C. Yeah. And when I was talking to him, he was telling me about how his commute to work was like 45 minutes. Like he was just stuck in traffic that whole time. Right. Like, oh my gosh, this is ideal. <laughs> like, really, right? This is a guy who can deal with a little bit of like time in the car. Right. So the very first night we met, I drove to a restaurant near his, he moved to a smaller town than I live in. I don't think he realizes what the dating pool is going to be like. He's going to come back. <laughs> oh yeah. Like he can't know. So we met for dinner and everything went great. And literally two days later, he asked if he could come to Boyne City 
to take me out for dinner. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Sure. Yeah. Like, and we got along great and we watched a movie and everything was great. Well, he drove home in the dark. Yeah. And there's no street lights on the back road. Like he's new and you have yeah. to drive around lakes and it's just, yeah, it was 40, 45 minutes to get home, which yes, like I know I drove it. And right. He, that it was just not worth it. Well, and the hard thing is you got to just get over the hump, right? Because like maybe like later in your relationship, you would be spending the night so you wouldn't have to worry about driving home at night, right? Right. But right. you have to get through that first part first and that's hard. Right. Like, what's it like when you like open up the app and you see like someone new is on there that's within like 20 or 40 miles? Are you like, wow, new guy? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so funny because I have a couple of girlfriends that are all on the apps as well. Really? Yeah. And we've all like talked to similar people or the same people. So one of my friends actually started a singles group. Yeah. No joke. There's like five women and one guy. This is... (laughs) Oh, and it's like The Bachelor. Like you go out this one time, we all went on a boat on this guy's boat. And I felt like everybody was competing to talk to this one (laughs) single guy. I'm like, this is so ridiculous. Well, you know, I was talking to someone else earlier about what it's like to date in a small town and how like, you know, if you date someone and then especially if they like actually live in your town, like you're going to see them around. And how that's kind of awkward, but also it kind of reminds me of college too, where like, (laughs) yes, like, like your dating life is probably not that different from like, say what your daughter's was or something like that in terms of like, oh, and this person like dated this person freshman year and then dated this person senior year. And we all have to live with one another kind of thing. So just two days ago, I had this guy that he plowed my driveway and he's a tree cutter and everything. Well, he's done that for me for years now. Well, he started like asking me out and he like professed that he loved me last summer. And I'm like, eh, like who's going to mow my lawn? Or like, <laughs> he made it weird. He made it weird. And now you don't have anyone to mow your lawn. <laughs> and he made it so weird. Well, just two days ago, he texted me and he said, you must've found a man. And I'm like, why? Well, I had a friend of mine watch my dog where I was gone a couple of weekends ago and he has a truck and he saw this guy's truck in my driveway and just, I'm like, yeah, I'm surprised somebody else didn't say, Hey, who are you? Dating? You know, <laughs> right. and it's just because they see a truck in your driveway. This right, is right. Cause this I is how people gone. know things. <laughs> yeah. What advice would you have for other people who are your age who are thinking about like, I just need a fresh start. I need to move somewhere new and thinking about a small town (laughs) and what the dating pool will be like for them. No, there's no (laughs) dating pool. Like it's a dating puddle, but (laughs) it's very small. There's just no diversity. Right. What are the, on the dating apps, like what are the photos? What kind of photos do they usually show? Fish. Yeah. Always a fish. fish. (laughs) Holding a fish. Yes. I, it does not represent anything that it's just a fish. Yeah. Holding a fish and then bathroom selfies. So my theory about the fish is that it's one of the few times when it's okay for a guy to be like, take a picture of me. Right. Oh, maybe. Yeah. You know, is when they're out (laughs) fishing. So like if they look through their, they're looking through their phones and they're like, oh man, like this is the only photo I have of myself is either when they're fishing or hunting, right? Like, so just holding up the, the rack or whatever. And then taking a bad 
selfie in the mirror. Yes. But sometimes it looks like it's in a public bathroom. (laughs) You can see the hand dryer in the back. Yes. So for men, don't do that. That just looks bad. Like it's in a truck stop and they're just like, well, Well, I guess we're going on the app tonight. Right, right. So the other thing in small towns is, especially like uh, small rural towns away from urban environments, is there's a lot of, uh, I will say, diversity of political opinion. And so how do you think about that when you're thinking about potential people to date? So it's funny. One thing that I ask is, do you have any signs in your yard? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. They have a sign. It's not the sign I want. You Uh know what I mean? When I ask that question, nine times out of the 10, they stop talking to me because they know, like, (laughs) the question I'm asking. (laughs) You know? What if someone's just like, I have like 17 don't tread on me signs in my yard? And (laughs) oh, that's another thing is if that is their political belief in their profile, they'll put that, you know, they'll say they're sorting too. Yeah, they'll put that in their, yeah, in their bio. Yeah, that makes sense. Yes. But, up here, it's don't tread on me and yeah. Trump. Well, and sometimes, though, I think people in cities have like this vision of like every single person who looks or lives a certain way is, you know, conservative or a, a don't tread on me person. And it's that's not necessarily true either. No, yeah. not at all. You never know. And I dated this one guy, super, super nice. And I was shocked because he watched like CBS or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Fox, we'll say. And um, like I'm like, that's awesome. But gosh, literally, he got up at four in the morning. It was, <laughs> I get off work at four in the afternoon and he was already like ready for bed. Like, like winding down. <laughs> and it just was so hard because he's such a nice guy, but like he had his easy chair and I'm not that old. So there, there is so there's a lot of different possibilities and okay. you're amazing. So hopefully <laughs> this podcast so gets you a date. <laughs> I'm like, people just gave me a shot. Like, yeah, they would drive an hour and a half to see, like, <laughs> do it. Hour and a half is nothing. I mean, out here in the West, hour and a half, that's like, I'll drive an hour and a half to go to a restaurant. Like, it's fine. But, yeah. People drive an hour to go to Target. I'm yes. Kidding. So, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been a pleasure. Thank you. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, we just heard from Ruth, a straight woman in her 50s living in northern Michigan who was definitely looking for a companion. Now we're going to hear from Claire McKeever. Claire is a 32-year-old queer woman living in a Colorado mountain town, a town that is very much not Vail. She moved there with a situationship, but is now navigating her life single and figuring out how that fits into her overarching quest for community. And what brought you to Leadville and when did you get there? I moved here a little over two years ago. Most recently, I had been living in Oakland, California, and I moved there years before as, you know, a part of a a move with a partner at the time. And I'm from Colorado originally and grew up playing in the mountains. And that's something that's always been a big part of my life. And I'd already been planning to leave the Bay Area in early 2020. It kind of felt like my my time there had run its course, the relationship ended. And I knew that I wanted to figure out where to go next. My job has actually been remote since before the pandemic. And so that wasn't new to me. And I kind of felt like it was time to take advantage of the fact that I could go anywhere. But then when COVID happened, that changed the, the calculation of where I wanted to be. And I really wanted to be back in Colorado closer to my family. But I also, I didn't want to move back to Denver. That didn't feel like what I was going for either. And so, yeah, I started kind of poking around and it was really, there wasn't even really a question about it. It was kind of like when mm. I decided that I didn't want to be in Denver and I thought I wanted to be somewhere in the mountains, Leadville was kind of it. It was somewhere I've been, I've been coming for years and really love. And so... Yeah, I actually came in and spent a week here in the summer of 2020 and just decided then, like, you know, I could live here. (laughs) You know, it's funny when I made the move from New York to Montana, people are like, why would anyone do that? First of all, and this is people who live in, in New York oftentimes, but also they're like, oh, but I thought you were from Idaho. Like, why would you move to Montana? And politics aside, I think that there's something like there's a landscape that kind of like lives in your heart. It's totally corny, but I always talk about this with people, like where you find your gravitational pull in usually like your late 20s, 30s. You're like, okay, I've lived some places. Now I want to go back to the place that like kind of makes me feel like me. And for me, that was like Montana and now being in Washington State, like same sort of thing. Like it it feels like me. Did it feel like that for you? Yeah, that's a really great way to put it. I love that that language around the landscape that lives in your heart. It's kind of like... (laughs) I knew that this was the spot and that has borne out. And I kind of get two reactions from people too about Leadville in particular. Like if they have any familiarity with it, it's either, oh my gosh, Leadville is amazing. You're so lucky you get to live there. Or it's, why would anyone live there? (laughs) 
so it, it really is kind of selective in that way for people totally. who really get it or they don't. There's all of these mountain west towns, like up and down from, you know, Boise and Missoula down to Denver and down into Arizona and New Mexico, too, that are yes. just like... Like when I moved here, I was renting at first and I was paying less for a, a lovely, cute two-bedroom house than I had paid for a room and an apartment in Oakland. And so wow. that also just felt like I had somehow unlocked some secret of being <laughs> like, wow, I can actually have an office. That's amazing. <laughs> So I'm I'm a bit familiar with Leadville, but for people who are listening to the podcast who have no idea, can you try to explain it? Because it's pretty fascinating. It's a cool town. It's about two <laughs> hours or a little less away from Denver, but I think it feels more remote than that. You have to, uh, yeah. you know, I-70 is the main highway that goes from Denver into the mountains and kind of up to the ski resort areas. Mm-hmm. And you have to turn off of I-70 and go over another mountain pass. And so there is some physical distance and kind of some cognitive distance too. And the passes too, for people who don't drive mountain passes, like they just dictate a lot of your rhythms of your life and that sort of thing. So they are a barrier. Yeah. Yeah. So it feels remote. It's small. Um, The town itself has about 2,500 people. The county is, I think, closer to 7,000, if I remember Mm -hmm. right. And its history is that it's a mining town. In the late 1800s, there was a huge silver boom here. At one point, it was the richest square mile in America. Like it was really a yeah boom town in the 1800s where there was just all of this wealth and affluence. And they were going to make it the capital of Colorado at one point, which if you actually come here now is kind of crazy to think about because of how hard it is to, to live here. It's at 10,000 <laughs> feet. And so yeah. it's yeah, I think it's the highest incorporated town in the country. There are some unincorporated ones that are slightly higher, but it is actually like the highest highest town you could live in, in in the lower 48. So it's way up here. It's not a hospitable environment to host guests necessarily. Like people, can- yeah. Like, how's your skin? Like, <laughs> so how <dry>. do you? <laughs> it's so dry. People need like a few days to acclimate so they don't stop yep. feeling the altitude sickness. Because if you think about it, that's like from sea level to Denver, and then you do that again. And so anyone yeah. who's even had that reference point of coming up to a high altitude place like Denver, it's it's that much more extreme. So yes, it's it's a <laughs> it's an interesting place to live. But after kind of the mining bust, it's had an interesting journey, and I think has been pretty impoverished for a long time. But like many rural places, that's actually a place where people are actually able to live and settle in a way that even nearby mountain towns, that's not the case. And so in recent decades, it's actually been a place where it's more affordable to live for folks who are working in the nearby resort towns. That's changing. Like it is getting more expensive to live here now, like it is everywhere. And because of people like me who are moving here, my neighbor's They've been in their houses for 40 years and things like that. So it has a lot of history and community too. Yeah, yeah. It reminds me, there's several towns like that in Montana, Columbia Falls, which is near Whitefish, and that are in that process of kind of changing, but still have a lot of that original, those people who, like, they have not been priced out yet. And there's a real potential in this moment to kind of be proactive about not pricing people out. And sometimes I just get scared that, like... These towns aren't learning from the history that is right there in the in so many other towns in terms of oh, yeah. figuring out sustainability in terms of housing. It's such a conversation here now, too. There's nowhere else to go. Like, if you get priced out of here, right. there's nowhere right. nearby that's as affordable as it is here. And so, yeah, it's pretty scary. And, and it's going to change the character of the place, which is why, why people right. love being here in the first place. 
Totally. It's like the conversation around Bozeman is always like, oh, why are all these people coming from California to make it into a little California? Like, that's that you're changing it into the thing that you wanted to get away from. And that's a huge tension, I think, with small towns. So, okay. So dating. When you made this decision, were you thinking about dating? Was it in the back of your head? Like, where was it in your consideration? <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. I recently learned the term situationship. And at the time <laughs> I moved here, I actually had kind of a, a, a situationship going with someone who I had been dating in Oakland, who had also moved away. And so I had some long distance companionship that I think sort of took the edge off of the idea of moving Yep. to somewhere so small and by myself, but we weren't ever going to move to where the other person was. And so I knew that that wasn't, wasn't a long-term solution. So yeah, I had to be comfortable with the fact that I was moving by myself and I was moving to a place where the dating pool was small to begin with. And then I'm also queer. And so that shrinks it down even further. Where right. It was like, <laughs> I might just be alone forever. Like that is something that I truly made peace with. I had to trust that that was, that I would be okay with that if I were making this decision. And obviously you can move elsewhere and that things would change down the road. But that was kind of what I, the conversation I had with myself was like, all right, we're doing this by ourselves. Like, <laughs> Right. I mean, well, and you and I talked a little bit about this before, but like that you you do like spending time by yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah. I have a pretty much infinite capacity to spend time by myself and I love other people. I love building community. And I also am someone who I think is on the far end of the spectrum of being comfortable alone. <laughs> but I moved here, like I said, in, in part to build the community. Being outside and being active is a huge part of my life and a huge part of why I live here. And I love the mountains specifically and just like spending as much time as possible, like outside in a beautiful place, which is a, a big part of why I love Leadville so much. And aside from that, I love thinking about, I always describe it as like questions of being a person in the world and what right. is it like to experience the different forces that we experience and make sense and meaning of our lives. And so a lot of how I spend time both by myself and with people is kind of centered on those questions of like, all right, what are we doing here and how do we make it, how do we make it matter? When you talk about the importance of building community, I think sometimes when we center ourselves on that question instead of like, how can I personally find a life mate? It takes some of the pressure off of dating, right? Because you're not, you're not lonely because you have community. Like it's not this feeling of absence in your life or like lack of wholeness or something because you can be made whole in so many other ways too. Yeah. And that has been a huge part of kind of informing my philosophy of how, how I approached moving here and how I've approached community building is really through that lens. But I would say that the people I spend the most time with are also other single people. And like, there are a lot of us and a lot yeah. of people who are, divorced or never married and moved here kind of like I did as a part of a life transition where they were taking a chance on a new place. And that's actually something that I also really love about being here is that Leadville is not somewhere you end up by accident. It's like, no one's yep. moved here because their job put them here or because yep. like, you really have to choose to be here. And so that selects for 
people who are also really excited to meet the other people who chose to be here. Like we all have that in common. And so that, that just makes for a really cool environment where I think people are really open to building that. And I describe it as being like college, but way better because we're all grown up and have our shit together. That's so true. Like, so how did you meet this community? I think this is the piece of the puzzle that people oftentimes are like, yeah, I want to move to this place, but especially if I'm working remotely or I don't have kids, how am I going to meet friends. Yeah. And I said earlier that I have a pretty infinite capacity to spend time alone. I just started showing up for things and making myself continue to showing up. Like it is not necessarily fun in those early stages to go to, I went to a bunch of running clubs, for example, like I'm a runner. And so there's a running club that meets at 6.30 on Wednesday mornings. It was still dark. And the first morning I went, it was three degrees and snowing. And I was like, (laughs) all right, well, I have to come back next week because if I don't, I don't know how I'm going to continue to meet people and just kind of had to trust that over time, these strangers who I was trying to make awkward conversation with while like not being able to breathe because we're going on a run at 10,000 feet, that eventually these people would become my friends. And they have. Like, that's a huge part of where I have met the the bulk of people who I spend a lot of time with is through those those running groups. And then kind of once you get your foot in the door, then... All of a sudden, it feels like you know everyone. Do you feel like you're ever going to meet someone to date in town? Like, is there going to, like, it's going to show up on your app and you're going to be like, oh, my God. Or, like, will you know that someone is new, like, someone new to the dating pool? Like, all your friends will be like, oh, there's someone (laughs) new for you. (laughs) That's another thing I told myself or talked about people with is I was like, either there's going to be some, like, perfect match who happens Uh to also self-select into this tiny place or... What people, some, what someone else told me is like, no, you have to import. You gotta, you gotta bring them in. <laughs> I am not holding out for that. The mountain towns, in particular, tend to be like a pretty high ratio of men to women. So I think yep. it could be a great dating pool if you are a straight. straight woman who is looking for a partner. But yeah, my odds aren't don't feel great. <laughs> So when you've gone on dates, have you usually gone into town or like or closer to Denver, like that direction? Or have people come more to you? I've actually, I've only gone on a couple of dates. And one of them was someone who lives in Summit County, which is another mm-hmm. one of the, the nearby mountain towns. It's only, only a 40 minute drive. You just have to go over the one pass, um, <laughs> yeah, which is easy. funny because that felt like, oh, so close. This is great. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and then the other is with someone who, who I'm actually really excited about. But she, yeah, she lives on the front range and was driving through to go to a mountain biking trip and, and was like, you know, I'm going to be coming through town if you want to meet up. And so it kind of worked out perfectly to be able to meet up and no one had to go out of their way or anything. But even just when I was chatting with people and that kind of thing, like, yeah, the, the coordinating very quickly becomes complicated. Yeah. So if you were going to give advice to someone who is in a similar situation where like they really want to choose to go to a specific town and is maybe a little bit anxious, like what has worked well for you in terms of obtaining happiness while also figuring out this moment in your dating life? I mean, one of the things that just made it really an easy decision for me is that I was really clear on what my kind of values and wants were for myself. I knew that I'd always wanted to try living somewhere in the mountains and somewhere where I was closer to doing these activities that I really love. I I know myself well enough and feel 
confident in my ability to make friends and build community and be intentional about how I want to approach that. I was clear enough on all of those things. And I think you have to be clear enough on what your priorities are for why you're doing this. And then it's actually pretty clear. It wasn't a scary decision. And just kind of being able to trust that if I meet someone, great. If I don't, that's okay too. If that becomes more important to me later down the line, then you can always change things. You can always move back to a city. You can figure out how to reprioritize things in your life if you if that's something that's so important to you that that is the top priority at that time. And, and you know, I kind of trusted that I would know if and when that was the case. Yeah. It reminds me of some um, cheesy advice that I think I once heard, which is that the first thing to do is to figure out like what makes you confident and what makes you happy. And then like you'll magically become magnetic to your partner, right? Like that, but the first thing is like to figure out what makes like you happy without someone before you can figure out finding someone. And I think that that's such a great foundation to to go forward from. Well, you know, I'd been sort of on the tails of a serious relationship that hadn't worked out. And that always makes you reevaluate to like, okay, if I get to pick how I spend my time and what makes me happy and what lights me up, then what am I going to do? I'm going to, I'm going to really just go hard in that direction. And I honestly, like I am happier than I have been in a very long time. And so that has been just, yeah, it's been really liberating and and has felt really good to be able to to make those choices for myself. I read something recently of someone saying, you know, the people I'm dating, they may think they're competing against each other, but they're actually competing against my solitude. And that yeah. is the perspective that I have right now is like, yeah, you better prove that you are better than all of the other things that are bringing me joy in my life right now in order for me to to make that time for you because I got it pretty good. So you better be really bringing something to the table. In our next episode, we get into one of the perks of small town living, homes with history. We talk to two people who you might unknowingly know through their wildly popular Instagram. And we'll hear from someone who left the big city for a small town to take on an unwieldy restoration project. Now, we're not talking about house flipping. We're talking about cheap houses, houses that are still affordable to people who don't come from family money, and lovingly rehabbing them. We'll get to all of those details of bringing a house back to its original glory, and much more. Townsizing is produced by Neon Hum Media for HGTV. You can follow our show wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, we'd love it if you could take a second to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps others find the show. I'm Anne Helen Peterson, and if you see me online or in real life, be sure to give me that small town rate. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Save big money and transform your home with new appliances now at Menards. We offer the lowest prices and the largest in-stock appliance selection ready to take home today. Check out top appliance brands, including KitchenAid, Maytag, Whirlpool, Amana, and Criterion. Upgrade your home and save big money on new appliances at Menards. Shop our entire selection of appliance options online today at Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.